Hello, and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Brazil, your host, where I get to speak to Olympic athletes and hopefuls. And today, another very interesting episode, we have Monica Abbott of USA Softball. Monica was actually a part of the last United States softball team that went to the Olympics and is now on the most recent one that just qualified for the 2020 Games. Um, very interesting conversation. Monica is able to kind of go across her life. Obviously, we're trying to help her tell her story. But at the same time, it's a very interesting situation where she was on the team that um, lost the gold medal game to Japan uh, a few years back, a few Olympics back. Then softball, obviously, as we know, was taken out of the Olympics and now has been put back into the Olympics. And she is on the current team that just qualified. So it's a very interesting full circle discussion, um, speaking about her, her life, everything that she's done, and also really just about softball, professional softball and softball in the Olympics. So very cool interview. Monica is an awesome person. I hope you guys really enjoy it. She was very open and honest about everything and very, uh, very funny along the way too. So thank you guys one more time. Enjoy the episode. All right, we have another unbelievably special guest that comes at the perfect time too, especially with the USA softball team just qualifying at recording a couple days ago. Um, so today we have Monica Abbott. She is a pitcher on the United States national softball team from Santa Cruz, California, correct? Yeah, I was born in Santa Cruz and then raised in Salinas, California. Salinas. They all sound like beautiful places, so I'm just jealous. <laughs> How does that sound? I'm jealous right off the bat. Right. Um, Born July 28th, 1985. She played for the University of Tennessee, the Lady Vols. Love it. Uh, during college, she had the most Ks in a season, and she has career wins, career Ks, shutouts, inning pitch, game started, and games pitched. And in 2007, she was the player of the year. That is a mouthful, but really all it means is there is some utter domination there, so we love <laughs> to see it. Um, in 2008, she was on the Olympic team where we, uh, we were up to, I think, 20 games in a row at one point we won, and then unfortunately lost that heartbreaker um, yeah. to the Japan team. I mean, hey, they, they got us that day. It's unfortunate it happens, but luckily for us, softball's back. We get to yeah. do it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, playing into the 2008 Olympic Games, obviously there was a ton of attention on the sport. Um, and also just talking about USA's dominance in the game over the past um, prior 10 years. And um, the world was getting better at softball. You know, Japan came out. And like in any team sport on any given day, someone, you know, someone can win. And Yukiko Ueno from Team Japan, she had one of those Olympic moments. You know, she had one of those amazing Olympic things that only happens at Olympic Games. And she just, she did so well in that game. And um, we came up short and ended up claiming the silver medal. Um, such a heartbreaker personally, but um, you know, that's sports and that's, that's life. That's exactly any given Sunday, as you said, any given day. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's incredible what we were able to do up until that point. And, and obviously that being one of the last games potentially for the foreseeable future, at least at the mm -hmm. time, um, must've made it even more heartbreaking. Like I could only imagine what you, you ladies were going through. Yeah, it was, I mean, at that point we knew softball wasn't in the Olympics and it was a very controversial subject. Um, for myself, especially, you know, I was the youngest player in the, on the 2018. Um, and I can honestly sit here and tell you that, you know, I left it all on the field that day and it wasn't enough, you know, it didn't, it didn't help the team win. And, you know, having to live with that sort of emotion for the over, you know, a, over a decade and having, you know, the international Olympic committee, you know, hear softball's appeal, hear softball over and over appeal to be back in and the 
2012 games, the 2016 games, and still not getting that shot when you know you're putting out such a good product was just, it was heartbreaking. It was like stabs to the heart over and over and over again. Um, but luckily with Tokyo um, 2020, they, they brought softball in as a bid sport. Um, and it's going to be an incredible show, if anything, because the U.S. just won world championships to qualify for those games in 2020 in like a 10-inning thriller down to the wire, two outs, two strikes, walk-off base hit in the bottom of the 10th. I mean, talk about incredible. So I can't wait for the softball world, for the entire Olympic world um, to see the show that will happen in 2020. That is so cool. I was watching it. Well, I wasn't watching it because it was you know, obviously with the time differences and everything. Yeah. But every, every morning I'd wake up and I'd see all the social media posts from the softball players from the US, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from the US team. And it was just it was incredible what you ladies were able to do. And like, that is just so cool. And yeah, as you said, like, we we, we had a, a dominance over the sport for so long. And then finally, we lose and they they still take it out. I still I think that's like kind of like a like you'd think if anything that would try and keep it be like oh okay well okay there's more than one team at this point but clearly that wasn't the case yeah I mean there was a I don't I don't think they took softball out because USA was winning that would be like <laughs> telling Michael Phelps that he's going to compete in the Olympics you know that's true that's true hey hey Simone Biles you're way too good at tumbling you you don't get to be in the gym in gymnastics anymore you know I don't think that's the reason why softball was voted out but um it definitely um took a toll but I think kind of like a bittersweet thing but softball was voted out and over those 10 years the world has gotten better you know Mexico is really good Canada's even better China Australia the Netherlands Italy all of these teams are 10 times better than they were and now at the Olympic Games I mean I just can't wait because it's going to be so exciting because all the games are going to be so legit and like intense the intensity level is going to be outrageous that's going to be so much fun i'm super yeah. excited yeah i mean as i was telling you before the call i mean i watch the college world series the softball world series every single year because i mean when the stage gets high i'm, I'm interested mm -hmm. in pretty much any sport so now with the stakes as high as they're going to get it's going to be absolutely incredible so how do you feel about the team this year i mean obviously in 2008 you were one of the youngest now i mean <laughs> you've been around for 10 years now you're doing it again you're, you're coming around this time are you excited what's what are some of the emotions you're feeling yeah. Oh, how the roles have changed. <laughs> yeah. I've from the youngest to the oldest, <laughs> but you know, this year it's been pretty incredible. I think um, to have kind of a generation of softball players that grew up watching the Olympics that watched the 2014 that watched the 2018 and those were their role models and idols. And now, and that brought them to the sport that brought them to play and now they have been playing without the olympic games even though that was always their dream so it makes them that much hungrier to compete at that level and at that on that world stage so i'm pretty excited about the people on the team um valerie Ariotto, she's just been dominant um offensively done such a really good really really good job Ali aguilar at second base i think both defensively and offensively has just um, really come into her own and is just a fun player to watch because she makes those plays that you she makes the tough play look easy and she makes every play look easy because she is that good but um 
you know, I'm really excited. We have such a good team and a lot of talent. So USA Softball is going to be a team to watch. Well, absolutely. And we're going to be watching. We promise you that. So what, when obviously you knew in 2008, the sport was, you know, unfortunately going mm-hmm. away. When, give us the timeline of when you guys finally found out it was coming back to Tokyo. And what, what was the first thing you did when you found out like, hey, we're, we're going to the games again. We could do this. Yeah. So we found out um, there was actually like an, a live stream of the video being recorded. And so I watched the live stream in the airport. Um, and I think it was 2000. Okay. What? 18, 17, 2016, summer 2016. And um, yeah, so we found out then that softball was going to be in, in 2020. And it was just like every emotion, like relief. Cause you're so tense and nervous when you're watching, you're like, is it going to happen? Is it, is it like, please, please say yes. There's just this intense emotion and moment. And, um, you know, then there's that long dramatic pause of like, will they say yes or no? (laughs) And, you know, I think the world stopped turning at that moment. And when they said yes, everyone cheered and, you know, tears were flowing, tears of joy were flowing and people were hugging each other. And there was just this incredible moment of, of joy. That's just, I mean, that's just so cool. Like the chances and finally it coming back and like, unfortunately it was left out for a few, few turns and and now it's back. So here's a question that I'm kind of curious about. Is it, is it going to be a staple again moving forward or do you guys have to continue guys and girls have to continue fighting it for it every two to four years now to just get it, keep, just keep it in the games? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And so we came into Tokyo as a bid sport. So it's a softball. They added more sports to the Tokyo 2020 games than their standard set sports like Mm -hmm. swimming, gymnastics, archery. Um, So we came in with surfing, softball, baseball, surfing, rock climbing, and um, I think like karate and karate might be in there. There might have been like a there's there's like a karate or judo type Mm -hmm. of sport. Um, So there we came in as a bid sport. So in order for us to compete in like 2024, which would be in in France, um, we would have to apply to be a bid sport again in that country. So, um, yeah, that's a big goal for us to continue to keep it in and just to show our value. Like I said, it's really important for um, softball and baseball to show their value to the Olympic Committee, um, to show, bring exciting games, fan support, social media, regular media. Thank you for having me on and doing this. No, um, thank you for putting you guys. In, hey, no, thank you for putting in the, the time and the energy, please. We're just, I'm having fun with this. So you, you keep rolling, please. We're loving it. <laughs> yeah. So we just have to continue to show all those things and the marketability and um, the involvement that softball can be great. So, yeah, I mean, from, yeah. from what it sounds like that the games are going to be incredible. Um, yeah. you know, hopefully they get the primetime slots that they deserve. I mean, I think it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so, so much fun being able to watch you guys and girls um, just get out there, get at it. As you said, even baseball too. I mean, it's going to be during the season. I mean, obviously with MLB players, mm-hmm. they don't play in it anyway, but it's still going to be fun. I'm still going to watch every game that I possibly can. And unfortunately with the time difference, uh, you know, it's going to be a little frustrating either knowing the outcome already. So is that, I mean, I'm sure it's not a concern. You guys are going to do whatever the heck you're going to do anyway, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how all of that's going to work down the road. And, you know, even on the MLB thing, I've heard that they might be taking an MLB break 
Because really? obviously, well, we have a lot of foreigners in the MLB, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're all going to play for their country too. That is so. Oh, I, I, that could be a rumor. Don't trust me on it. But oh. I mean, there is a chance that there'll be an Olympic break, which is something that, that like basketball does. Mm-hmm. That they take an Olympic break. Mm-hmm. It's basketball, not, hockey, not, yeah. yeah, it's not uncommon during Olympic years. Man, so I hope we'll they see. do. I mean, because, like, I watched the ba- World Baseball Classic every right? year. Like, right? it's incredible. That catch Adam Jones had, like, what was that earlier mm-hmm. last year or whatever. You know, so, like, I hope they do that because that would be so, so cool. It would be so much mm-hmm. fun getting to root for our country with the whole games and everything up in arms, everyone going crazy over it already. Yeah. So that would just be so much fun to watch. I mean, we got the team. We might as well, right? Like, Yeah, be, exactly. That would be so fun. Exactly. Would- it would be like, um, you know, Otani – from the angels right pitching for japan and you know dallas kuchel pitching for team usa so like yeah. why not <laughs> exactly i mean i i stay up late to watch that matchup anyway i might as well right? get to watch it in the olympics that would be so incredible that hey i hope that rumor is very true um and if there's anything so. i can do to push that narrative forward believe me i will uh, i will ride that boat every single day that's incredible so monica this is amazing it's so cool being able to talk to you and and just hear you know some of your thoughts and what you guys have been able to do tell us a little bit more about the the world championships if i'm not mistaken and and actually qualifying and i mean this happened only a few days ago so the emotions are still probably really close to the surface yeah totally um we qualified so the olympics in 2020 is we used to have eight teams and now they've cut down to six teams right so only six spots are available in the entire world crazy right not that many and um, obviously the host country gets a spot so japan doesn't have to qualify (laughs) which I mean, they would have anyway, because they're so freaking good already. Mm. But um, yeah, so there's five spots available. And the world championships was the first chance for people to qualify um, for it with one berth available at world championships. Um, There was I think 18 teams, 18 countries represented um, South Africa, Italy, like I said, the Netherlands, Venezuela, um, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Canada, um, the Netherlands, Italy, I think I'm repeating people, Botswana. It's okay. China, sounds, Taiwan, sounds, you know, like like a, a lot pretty, of countries. Yeah. <laughs> competition. I love it. Yeah. So, um, basically we played a pool play system to be able to advance to medal rounds. So the top four teams from each pool moved to medal rounds and then, um, they had an elimination round from there. So we played, we placed first in our pool, we played Puerto Rico in, no, no, we played Australia. Puerto Rico and the U.S. were tied for first place in our pool, and we had to play them in a tiebreaker, and we won that game. And then in the first round of medal rounds, we played Australia, and then that put us in the semifinal game versus Japan, and we won that game in extra innings again. No, no, we won it in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, it was tied the whole game. Four to to three, like, it was crazy. Yeah. And then, so Japan ended up playing Canada to move forward um, since they lost that game. And they had Japan versus Canada. And they ended up beating Canada, I think, two to nothing, two zero. And then, so then we played Japan again. And that's when we played 10 innings. Um, Wow, there's so many amazing things. Coach Erickson did such a good job. Coach Heather Tarr, really, um, from the University of Washington, she did a really good job for us as well, just leading the team. 
Um, you know, Kalani Ricketts really stepped up pitching wise. Aubrey Munro behind the plate um, hit a big home run for us as well. There was just so many people contributed. And I can honestly say, say in that final game, you know, we have, you know, 18 players on the team. And literally every single person did something. At one point we had like the, the like catcher going in to pinch run, you know, and mm -hmm. um, all of this stuff. So we, everyone contributed and it was like really a total, a total team win. And it was, I mean, bottom of the 10th walk yeah, off, that's just, walk off oh. hit with two strikes. I mean, literally the ball, I don't know if you saw the video, but the ball was like right down the line. I mean, it could have easily been called foul by the umpire, but he called it fair and lucky for us. So, Hey, we'll yep. take it. Hands know? up. We'll take it. That's, that is just so incredible. And it's so cool to hear. Like, I, I really love the fact that you brought up all the other teams that are there and how the rest of the world is really brought, has been, you know, stepped up their game over the last 10 years. Right. So it's incredible. And, and it even makes it more exciting, but I mean, just, it's so cool when the whole team is able to come together in, you know, as you said, those Olympic moments that you were talking about in 2008, mm -hmm. I mean, this was a team moment here in 2018 to get you where you need to go for 2020. So that is just super, super cool to hear. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, I mean, that's just one thing about like team sports. It's just so different from, you know, an individual sport is that really in the end, in those big moments and in big games, it really is the best team, you know, the best team that wins. Um, it's not the best pitcher always. It's not the best hitter. It's not the best catcher, the best center fielder. It's not always the best coach. It's the best total team that usually wins those games. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, that was cool. It was really, you, really cool. You guys pulled it out. I also think we it, did. Yeah, you, you kind of—I mean, you didn't gloss over it, but you brought it up. There was an opportunity. It sounds like for us to be eliminated relatively early because we had to play a tiebreaker. It sounds like to go on to the, so we could have not even made it to the the medal round at all, right? Yeah, there was like several times that we we had a, to come from behind victories um, that changed changed our outcome for us. We had a, a couple tied ball games that probably could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, this team persevered. I mean, and we had great, great spark plugs and people that just really stepped up in big moments, including like Haley McClinney. She plays center field, like really was a little spark plug on our offense. Janie Takeda Reed now, she played at the University of Oregon and she kind of led us at times. So everyone kind of did something different at a different time to really put it all together at the end. Um, and that was kind of cool. And it worked out. I love it. The, the, another part that I actually am kind of confused about, there's only six teams going that can qualify for the Olympics. That you yes. Said, right? Yeah. That, so, that sounds like such a small number. I know. Right. I, mean, I think the same thing. I, I agree. Hey, we're one of them and we know another one. So that, that's cool. In so, Japan, yeah. yeah. So how, so there's at least, I'm assuming four more tournaments where the, the qualifying happens. You guys are all a part of that. Like now that you have your spot, how does like the seating and ranking works? I, I don't, I don't know. Explain so, that if you don't mind. So now like though it goes by continent. So, um, so now there's, so Europe and Africa are in one, even though there's two continents, hey, hey, hey. even though there are two uh, continents, they're clumped into one qualifying region and there's one birth. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And then Asia, it's this Asia and uh, Pacific mm -hmm. are in the same, like they're now clumped into one, 
one birth. Okay. Even okay. though, so one more, including Japan. Yeah. So okay. they get one more. Japan's already in because they're the host yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, and that's, that's just, in any that's in any sport like mm-hmm. um, J- Japan. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You yeah, could yeah. be an archer. You could be a rower. You could be. They don't necessarily have to qualify because their their yeah. country's hosting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I understand that part. It's just that that's it seems like such a small number. Sixteen. Is it just like a three like two groups of three round robin and then you go on? Because that still doesn't even sound like that much. Um, they haven't like released the actual playing format yet. I, for the Olympic Games, mm-hmm. I think the, the first step is for everyone to be qualified. So next year in 2019, all these qualifiers will take place. So the Europe and South Africa qualifier, the Asia Pacific qualifier, which would include like Australia and New Zealand, um, and then this, the America, North America and South America, Central America will have a qualifier as well. And um, yeah, that'll be how all the teams go down. Love it. I love it. I'm super excited to hear. So is that, what's that weight off of your back? Like, especially for you. I mean, as you said, you're the oldest on the team. We we were the only one that was at the last games, correct? And like now moving forward, now you can know and you're good. You're like, okay, cool. We're, we're solid for two more years. What was that like? What was that pressure coming off your back? Like, I mean, I think it, it was just, it was like, it was emotional. It was uplifting because it kind of sets the tone for the next two years because now all these other countries are focused on qualifying and we can focus on doing what it takes to meet our end goal. Um, and there's a difference there mm-hmm. because yeah. you know, that part isn't, that part is done for us. Um, and we can start to set up the things that we need to be successful come 2020. Heck yeah. And our goal, uh, I have to go with the assumption is gold medals. So obviously yes. we're crossing our fingers. We're, we're, we're rooting for you. We're behind all you, you ladies. I promise you that. Thank you. Um, so very cool. So now we're qualified for the Olympics. You're super excited. If you don't mind me asking what, um, how was your performance in this pre in the, in the, uh, in the tournament? It was good. Um, I pitched to Mex. I, I pitched to Mexico. I pitched a lot in the pool play rounds and then I pitched the semifinal versus Australia um, did well in that game at 18 strikeouts. And then in the, then I pitched to Japan, didn't have a great showing. Kalani Ricketts came in for me and held it down. And then in the final, um, I came in and closed the game. Heck um, yeah. So 18 out of 21 outs were strikeouts. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> well, that was in the, that was in the semifinal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that was is first Australia. That I don't is know. absolutely. Just, I don't know what came. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> hey, uh, something tells me you've been this good for a little while now. And actually, I would like to kind of like jump back in time a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, okay. You know, as we talked about before in college, you were just. I mean, you had you held it, what it looks like every single pitching record in the book. I mean, uh, you were a lady vol. What like mm-hmm. what made you? A first, let's talk about going from beautiful Southern California over to Tennessee. What what was the reasoning there, and then the utter dominance that came with it? Well, I think, you know, I was, I was being recruited by a lot of different schools um, as a high school athlete, but there wasn't really a school close to where I lived that, um, you know, was in my neighborhood where it wouldn't, would be close for me. And, you know, Tennessee was an up and coming program at the time. um, And I felt like they had a lot of the keys and a position for me to be successful there. And, you know, I went on a, my recruiting visit there and uh, my official visit. And it just, it felt like home. I felt like I could be successful there. I felt like 
you know, I had all the tools I needed. And one thing that I really loved about Tennessee is that, you know, you go to a lot of these schools and programs and Tennessee put a ton, you know, they have their male athletic side, but they loved female athletes as much as they loved male athletes there. And it wasn't just their athletic department. It was their city. It was their community at the school. It was within that Tennessee culture to love the female athletes as well as they loved male athletes. And to see that kind of support was just like groundbreaking and eye-opening at the time. Yeah. I mean, well, just, it was that, that was probably during the height of Pat Summit, correct? Like right around that time, like that's when she was, she, like Tennessee was the school to be at for ladies or women's basketball. So it makes sense that everyone is, Hey, wait, we can be this good. Like, why not? Let's rock and roll. So it it sounds like Mm -hmm. they got a pretty darn good recruit when you were able to go out there. And then, as I said, I mean, just, just some unbelievable records you held the player of the year in 2007. What was Mm -hmm. that like? I mean, being named the best player of a sport in college, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, when you say it like that, I mean, I don't think I really, I don't think I really thought about it that way, but you know, I think at some point when you're standing on the mound or you're on a free throw line or wherever your sport takes you, you're just, I was doing the same. I was just trying to put my team in a position to win in the best position to win a ball game. And, and the best way that I could do that was in the circle. And I felt like it, you know, give me the ball let me help our team, you know, give me a chance to get this girl out. And if I can do that, then we're going to have a good chance to win. I love it. I love it. And as I told you before, pitching is my, um, my favorite part about baseball and softball. I think it's incredible. Some of the stuff that you can do with the ball and it's just, it is wicked and I love it. And as I was telling you before, just gushing over some of your numbers, um, has been a lot of fun for me the last couple hours. So, um, you then went after school, obviously we had the 2008 Olympics. That's incredible. Little like in between there though, is when you started your professional softball career, Mm -hmm. correct? And what has that been like over the 10 or 11 year period, um, that you've been playing and competing there? It's been good. Um, Yeah, I got drafted out of college and I played in 2007 with the Washington Glory. And then I spent some time with the Chicago Bandits before I ended up with the Scrapyard Dogs um, out in Houston, which is where I am now. Um, And, you know, it's been good. The professional experience, obviously, it's a step up from the college game. Um, It's different from the Olympics, the Olympics and Team USA because of the demands it takes on you physically, you know, we play three months, we have somewhat like 60 games in three months. So it's a lot, but um, it's been a really good experience, a really good growing period, both, um, you know, physically, athletically, mentally. Uh, Yeah, it's been good. Very cool. And yeah, again, um, just for, for reference, I'm not sure if you are aware, but you have an ERA of one, (laughs) one. 1.01. 1.01. And I just think that is incredible. You've been absolutely dominant for the last 10, 11, 12 years now. So keep killing it. We're loving it. That is just super, super cool. And what, so I guess if you don't mind kind of comparing the three different sects of college versus professional versus the Olympics, I mean, what, what do you get with each of them? And as you said, obviously the demands are higher in both, but you know, I see college softball significantly more than I see professional softball right. which is usually a little backwards and then but then anytime the team usa is playing it's everywhere so kind of how have you been able to deal with those three different i guess either mindsets or or media availability i don't know however you want to talk about it well i think each level is a jump up right because in college i mean 
there's this old saying, like always you eliminate the bottom third, you know, mm. in, in a team, the bottom third of a team doesn't move on to the professional level. The bottom third players don't move on to mm. the Olympic level, you know, the never be in the bottom third, basically. <laughs> um, so each level is a jump up and it's more competitive. I think college is a growth stage that gets a lot of visibility, obviously, because it's just, it's just grown a ton over the last 10 years and ESPN and all the people that work there like um, have really put a lot of effort into the coverage um, professionally. Uh, professionally, it relies a little bit more on the online medium as far as just like live streaming, um, social media, all of those things. Um, and there's a balance there because now you don't have someone holding your hand and telling you, Hey, like you need a pitch today. Hey, like you need to run. You need to do your weights. Did you eat breakfast? You know, <laughs> and little things like that, where in college, you know, they have that, they mm -hmm. have that. They're like team meal at 12 o'clock, you know, don't miss it. So it's very different professionally. And then obviously the Olympics is, you know, another step up from there. Naturally. Yeah. I mean, especially as you said, eliminating the bottom third each time up. Mm -hmm. um, so I know we only have a couple more minutes. I, I'm still really interested in this topic. Have you seen, especially now, obviously with online streaming and everything, that's probably made, uh, you know, professional softball significantly more visible, but have you seen with the growth of the college game and the opportunity of Team USA being able to compete in the Olympics, have you seen more visibility for the, the professional, um, uh, professional league that you're in? Yeah, I think definitely. I think as the more as college softball grows, those athletes, you know, the those athletes that competed for your favorite team that you watched, um, they're taking their fans with them to their professional team. Um, you know, those kids that came, those young kids that came to a professional game at 10 are now in college and wanting to play professionally. So it's taken time to build women's professional sports, just like in soccer and in basketball and all those other things. But I think the growth level that softball is getting is really positive and it's going to continue that way. So if you haven't been to a game, get out there. I haven't yet, but I plan on it. I promise you that. I think it'll be pretty cool. Are you going to be in the New York, New Jersey area anytime soon? Um, not anytime soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, when you are, please shoot me, you have my, you have my uh, email. So shoot me a message and uh, I'll, I'll come out. I'll videotape some of it for you. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks. Love it. Awesome. Um, so, okay. Last question I want to talk about, you have two more years now until the games. We were talking about how that's actually a really good thing for you and the team. Cause you're able to focus on a lot of things. How much turnover is on that team for the next two years? I mean, some people are going to, you know, either get hurt yeah. or anything like that. How exactly does that work? And, and then just making sure that you guys are in the perfect spot when 2020 does come around. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, <laughs> no one's safe is what they like to say. No one is safe. Don't and be in the bottom third. Don't be in the bottom third. <laughs> no one is safe. You know, competi uh -huh. co competition breeds, you know, breeds fire. Mm -hmm. So um, you got to breed competition within that team. And Team USA, you have to try out every single year. And, you know, don't be in the bottom third. So. Absolutely. So so for you personally, how do you make sure, I mean, obviously now doing this for, for a few years, you know your body relatively well. How do you make sure that you're going to be at peak performance come 2020 and making sure that you'll be exactly where you need to be? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely ways to – you know, look at the past of past seasons and obviously the outcome of what you want and how to get there. 
but we obviously have some really good um, people in our corner and a ton of support systems that for people that, you know, can help you achieve those things. So it's a matter of taking advantage of their knowledge and using the past and melding it with the present and all of those, those aspects of training that um, will hopefully get you that end result you dream of. I love it. And we're going to be dreaming for you. We're going to have our fingers crossed. We promise you that, Monica. Thank you so much. So again, today we were extremely lucky. One of the literal best pitchers in the world. Like, I think that's incredible. Um, Monica Abbott, she's on Team uh, USA National Softball Team who just couple days before this recording qualified and is going to be mm-hmm. going to the 2020 Olympics first time since 2008 took a couple of years off but hopefully moving forward the games are going to be exciting I'm expecting them to be exciting and we're going to be yes. talking about softball in the Olympics for the foreseeable future so thank you so much again Monica we sincerely appreciate it yeah thanks for having me ladies and gentlemen thank you so much again for listening to another episode of our athletes um I appreciate it the athletes appreciate it everyone involved really thanks you for listening and 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 really hearing what these athletes have to do on a daily basis to represent our country and compete for our country, which I think is incredible. I don't think they get enough recognition or credit. And again, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Make sure to follow the athlete across all their socials. Everything will be in the show notes, as well as if you just search their name, I'm sure you'll find what you're looking for. Follow us as well at ourathletes.us on Instagram to find out a little bit more about what episodes are coming up and maybe little snippets along the way and kind of some other things that we're doing uh, out here at our athletes as well. A lot of O's there, huh? Um, if you have any questions for me, michael at ourathletes.us is my email. Please shoot me whatever you'd like. I'm answering everything that comes through so far, so I, I sincerely appreciate those. And also make sure to rate, review, share, subscribe, everything on iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever. Just let people, more people know about it because the more um, information that we can drum up, the more opportunity people have to hear about what our Olympic athletes and hopefuls are going through on a daily basis. Again, to represent us in some of these events. So sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day.